Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. God are close to our heart. If you have your Bible, open up to Luke chapter 19. I believe that the Bible is authority for my life uh, because it is truth. It is the only truth. And, uh, and so I can get up here and talk all day long and it means nothing. Uh, but we desperately need authority in our lives and the truth of God's word in our lives. And so we're going to turn to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. I believe you have some talk notes as well. I want to encourage you to write these thoughts down, take them home, do a little uh, digging on your own, go a little bit deeper on your own and uh, uh, during this week. Uh, So Luke chapter 19, before we, before we dive into the text, can can we just, just take a moment, just pray. Father God, you are good. Father, you are present. We don't have to ask for your presence in this place. You are already here. Father, there is none like you. There's a lot of wannabes, but there's none like you. You are the greatest. Father, may your word come to life this morning. I'll speak through me, your messenger, this morning. God, be glorified in your church this morning. Stir us up this morning. Shake us. Do whatever it takes to get a a hold of our attention this morning. If we've become comfortable, God, do a work inside of us. If we've never lived for you, God, do a work inside of us. Father, meet each person. Meet each person where we're at this morning. Only you know where we're at this morning. So God, we believe your word is powerful. Your word is alive. Your word is active. May it be so this morning. It's in the name above all names, the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. The the big idea this morning, the big takeaway this morning is this. If you've been found, bring the lost. I want to encourage you in this. If you've been found, bring the lost. People that are far from God are close to our heart. Therefore, if, if you and I have been found, we should bring the lost along on this journey with us. So if you've been found, bring the lost. Look at uh, Luke chapter 19 and, and beginning in verse 1. Luke chapter 19 verse 1 says this, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. Verse 2, there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. And so the first thought this morning is this, Zacchaeus was a man of position and power. Zacchaeus was a man of position and power. We see from the text, Jesus enters Jericho. He makes his way through the town. And there in the, in the middle of the town was a man waiting for Jesus. And his name is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a man of position and power. Some of you this morning are, are people of position and power. Others are thinking, this has no application to me, Tim. Because I'm not a man nor a woman of position and power. And so before 
before we go any further, let's look at the previous text just to make sure we're all on the same page. Look at the previous text with me. Luke chapter 18, beginning of verse 35. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. Verse 36. When he heard the noise of a, of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus, the Nazarene, was going by. Verse 38. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. The people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 40. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. Lord, I want to see. This blind beggar says to the Lord Jesus, Lord, I want to see. Verse 42, and Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Now don't miss verse 43. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus. Instantly the blind beggar could see and he followed Jesus, praising God and all who saw it, praise God too. I want you to understand this morning, whether you are a blind beggar or a chief tax collector, you are close to our heart. Hear me again, whether you're a blind beggar, you have nothing, absolutely nothing. You're not a man or woman, a, a position or power. You have, in, in the world's eyes, you have next to nothing or nothing at all. Or you have everything there is that this world has to offer or you're in between. You find yourself in between. You are close to our heart. And the reason that you're close to our heart whether you're a blind beggar or a chief tax collector, is because you are close to the heart of God. I want you to understand something here this morning. You are welcome here into this family of Thrive Church. You are welcome into the, the kingdom of God. You are welcome here. Whether you're a blind beggar or you're a chief tax collector. Now some of us aren't, aren't quite, we, we don't understand what a chief tax collector, so it's not really making sense. I want you to understand that a chief tax collector was considered a scum of the earth. It was like, you did not want to be the chief tax collector because everyone hated you, but at the same time you did want to be it because you had a lot of money because you ripped people off, right? And so a chief tax collector had all this money, had all this position, right? He ran the town, but everyone hated him because he was the scum of the earth. Jesus making his way through Jericho. Here is the scum of the earth waiting for Jesus. Chief tax collector. So whether you're a chief tax collector or a blind beggar, you are close to our heart. Let's continue verse 3 of Luke 19. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Second this morning, Zacchaeus was not only, he, he, not only was he a man of position and power, Zacchaeus had a desire and was desperate to see Jesus. Even the wealthiest of people have this craving that there's got to be something more to life. Some of you this morning are sitting here and you're thinking there has got to be something more to life. I can't keep searching. I've searched everywhere and in everything. There's got to be something more to life. Zacchaeus had a desire. He was desperate 
A man that by, by the world's definition had everything still had this desire that there's something more. See, what, what, what money could not do for him, what possessions could not do for him, he had this desire that there has to be something more. Everyone's talking about this Jesus person. Everyone's talking, maybe, maybe that's you this morning, whether you're a blind beggar or, 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 or whether you are a chief tax collector or you're in between. You've been on this search and, and you're saying, there's got to be something more to life. There's this desire that's inside of you. And this desire is going to lead to desperation because that's what it always does. Starts with a little desire and then we become desperate for something. And Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus had a desire and was desperate to see Jesus. Look at, look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. When Jesus came by, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Three. The third thought this morning is this. Jesus came to and called Zacchaeus. Jesus came to and called Zacchaeus. I want you to know something this morning that Jesus has stopped by Thrive Church and he's come to and he's calling some of you by name this morning. Jesus has come to, to Chesterfield County. Jesus has come to Virginia. Jesus is calling people by name and he desires to use his church to be the hands and the feet so that Jesus might be known. So that people might come in contact with Jesus. Jesus came to and called Zacchaeus. John chapter 3 verse 17 says this. It says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. But to save the world through him. That, that's God's heart's desire. That's why we believe without a doubt that people far from God are close to our heart. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to come and to save you, to save me. Next thing we see in verse 6 is this. This isn't in your notes, but just a little, this is a little free side note, right? You're getting a, a book today and you're getting a little side note for free, okay? And so uh, verse 6, look at verse 6 with me in the text. Zacchaeus quickly, quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Uh, Zacchaeus was obedient, there was, this, there was this obedience, right? Can, I mean, just imagine with me. I'm a very, uh, like in my mind, I imagine scripture out, and that's kind of how I process scripture. Just imagine being a short guy, like some of you don't have to imagine really hard, right? And so you're climbing up into this tree, and, and, and you're waiting for Jesus. You're hearing all this ruckus. You're hearing all this noise that Jesus is, is coming through town, and, and you're waiting with this anticipation. You have this desire, you're desperate to see Jesus. And, and just imagine being Zacchaeus just in, in this moment. Jesus walks by, he looks up into this tree, right? And probably God has a huge sense of humor, so Jesus probably just starts laughing at him. Like, you know, I, I, that's what I imagine. I mean, it's not in, it's not, not scripture. Don't like write that as a note. That, that will, you'll never find that in a commentary, by the way. But, but Jesus looks up and he sees a short dude up in, the, in, the, in a tree and he's like, what in the world? And he just starts laughing. And, and he calls him by name. Calls him by name. He says, hey, I wanna, I wanna come to your home today. I wanna come to your home today. Now, so, again, some of you, Jesus is making the same call in your life this morning. 
I mean, he's looking at you. He's calling you by name. And he's saying, I want to come and take over your home. I don't want to just come in your home. I want to come and take over your home. I want to come and take over your life today. So Zacchaeus has this obedience. He quickly climbed down the tree. Now, obedience is the result of surrender. I, I believe, I believe you, that, that as you surrender your life over, there's this obedience, there's this call. See, Andrew, Andrew Murray said this. He said, just as a servant knows that he must first obey his master in all things, so the surrender to an implicit and unquestionable obedience must become the essential characteristics of our lives. Man, that's good. Obedience is the result of surrender. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. It says this. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. I mean, just imagine with me, the Pharisees, all these people that think they have it all together, right? On the outside, they look good, man. Anyone know anybody? Like, don't raise your hand. Uh, but, but man, it's like, man, I look good. I put my church fake on today, and so, man, I look good. I look like I have everything together. That's the Pharisees. They knew the law. They knew it all, man. And, and, and so they, they see it. Wow, Jesus is going to Zacchaeus' home. Zacchaeus is the scum of the earth. They're, they're, why would Jesus go and spend time with, with him and not me? Why? And so they start grumbling, start complaining. It says in verse 8, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Fourth this morning, there was a confession and a change. See, it started with a conversation. It started with a conversation in his home and that led to a confession, that led to a change. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this, If you openly declare or if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Some of you, are, you you're like, you're, you're freaking out. You're like, how do I, how do I come into the relationship with God? How, how, how does this happen? And it's so clear in scripture. There's a confession that I'm no longer boss, but Jesus, now you are now, you're now boss of, of my life. You take over. I, I've screwed this thing up. Right? I, I've made a mess of this thing. And I, I put everything that I have in you. That's what faith is all about. Placing all your trust in Him. You declare with your mouth. You, you, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. There, there was a confession. We see it in Zacchaeus. It was a confession that led to a change. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has, has begun. There's a change. And the confession led to a change. I would say this, if there is no change in your life, I would seriously question, have I truly surrendered my life over to Jesus? I don't believe it's possible for you to surrender your life over to Jesus and there be no change. 
I just don't believe it's possible. I don't believe that the Holy Spirit can come in and take over your life and there be no change. Because before Christ, you and I were lost. We were sinners. We were the scum of the earth. It was enough to, 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 to not make it into heaven because of just even one sin. By the way, none of us live, would, could ever live a life of just one sin, right? I mean, we think we're pretty good. We really do. The world tells us uh, all the time, we're, we're good, but we're not that good. There's no way that we could ever make it into heaven on our own. That's why we need Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, to take over our lives and to make us good because he is the only one that is good. And so there, there's, a, there's a change. And so just, just take a moment, examine your, your heart, your life. Ask yourself, has there been a change in my life? Like when people see me, do they see something different? When they hear me, do they, do they hear something different? Do I go to the same places that I used to go? Do I hang out with the same crowd that I, that I used to, to hang out with? Do I do the same things that I used to do? There's got to be a change in our life. It's got to be a difference, and the only one that can bring the change in in your life and in my life is Jesus. And that day, Jesus called Zacchaeus, and I believe today he's calling some here at Thrive Church. Final thought this morning is Zacchaeus experienced the mercy of God. Look at verse 9. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. There was this confession, I believe, that led to a change in what happens. We see in verse 9, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Salvation has come to this home today. Zacchaeus experienced the mercy of God. Now mercy is God, not, mercy is God not giving us what we deserve That's what mercy is, right? Grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. Mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says this, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You were dead, scripture says. I was dead. Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, I was dead. I was dead. Before Christ, I was dead. Right, look at verse 2. You, you used to live in sin. Wait, wait, you're calling me a sinner, Tim? I mean, no, you come all the way to Florida to call me a sinner. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're all jacked up. I, I'll be the first to say Tim O'Carroll is a sinner. He was a sinner saved by the grace of God. Right? Continue on. Verse 2. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. We, have a, we had a different master. Before that change, we had a different master. We served Satan. We lived for self. We lived for sin. But after the, the change that takes place in our life, there's a transformation. And so we no longer serve Satan, but we serve Jesus. Amen. We serve Jesus. Verse 3, all of us used to live that way. We all used to live that way. Again, there's not one perfect person here at Thrive Church. I hate to be the, to break that news to you if, you if you've never heard that before, but there's not one perfect person here at Thrive Church. Romans 3 says, for we all have sinned. Right? We were all born into a sin nature. It says, and all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. We did what we wanted to do that pleased ourselves. We live for self, for sin. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger. 
just like everyone else. We were all lost. Church, this morning, hear this. We were all lost. We were lost by our own action. We, we are lost because of our sin. But we're, we're, we were all lost at one point in our life. But Ephesians chapter 2 continues in, in verse 4. Here's the good news. So hold on if, if you're still there with me. Here's the good news. It says, but God. We were all jacked up. We were all sinners. But God. We were all jacked up. We were all in need of a Savior, but God is so rich in mercy. And He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Hear me this morning. I was dead, but God. I was a sinner, but God. I was doomed and damned to hell, but God. My life is a mess, but God. See, God wants to take your brokenness and he wants to make it into something beautiful. And some of you are fighting them this morning. Man, some of you are fighting with everything that you have because you want to keep living for yourself. And God's saying there's something more. Hear me this morning. Man, there's something more. That that high will only last a, a certain amount of time. Man, the alcohol has to keep on flowing something more to life I was dead but God don't miss this in verse 10 verse 10 for the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost the moment you and I stop experiencing the mercy of God you stop living on mission for God greatest tragedies in the church is that Christ's followers stop experiencing the mercy and grace and love of God. Therefore they stop living on mission for God. We once lived for, for outside of these four walls but somewhere along the lines we missed it and we began to live with, for within the four walls. We once lived with a passion for a lost and dying world but somewhere along the lines the passion turned inwardly and it's all about me. It's all about me and the mission of Jesus is all about the world. The mission of Jesus is all about the world. The night before I, I got on the airplane to fly up here, I, I, I was thinking through this, this text and I could not get this thought out of my mind so I wrote it down and I want to close with this this morning. The church the church was never meant to seat people but rather send people. If we become comfortable sitting, then Lord, shut the doors because we have an essence conveyed that we are closed if we do not go. And for some of us, man, that, that's tough. We don't want to hear that. Because, man, we, we, we live in a world that's all about me. It's all about self. But Lord, shut our doors if we do not go. That's the call of the church. 
The word church, ecclesia, means the called out ones. Doesn't mean those who just get together and have holy huddles. I mean, I believe that's important, by the way. I believe what we do on Sunday morning as we gather as a church, as we worship together, as we look to God's word, as we see each other face to face, we hold each other accountable, we, we, we encourage one another. I believe that's important, but it cannot start and stop with a Sunday morning gathering. The call, the call is to go beyond. Man, some of us, we're like, man, check it off, Lord. Check it off. I live like heaven on Sunday morning, but I, I live like hell the rest of the week. That was never the mission. That was never the mission of the church. It's to live like Jesus 24-7. As a, as a lifestyle, we worship as a, as a lifestyle. Therefore, go, Matthew 28, 19 says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. John 20, 21. Again, he said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me. So I am sending you. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he commissioned, by the way, he commissioned not pastors. Right, this is good. Just hold on. He didn't commission pastors. He commissioned people that three years earlier, he said, follow me. Fishermen, tax collectors, doctors. I mean, he, he said, follow me. Some of us have this misconception that the church, it's all about the pastor to go. But we look at Ephesians and the job of the pastors to equip the saints, to equip you for the work of the ministry so that together we go, that together you reach into your circle of influence and you reach into your circle of influence and your circle of influence. As Pastor Kevin said, there's places that, that I can never go, that he could never go, but you are there. And so will you be faithful where God has called you? As we close this morning, would you consider that? Where has God called me? And will I be faithful? Where has God called me? And will I be faithful? People far from God are close to our heart. If you've, if you've been found, church, bring the lost. Hey, bring the lost on Sunday morning. Bring the lost to a small group. Bring the lost to the, to the next special event. Bring the lost to that service project. Bring the lost into your home. Bring the lost into a barbecue. Bring the lost to a coffee shop. If you've been found, church, bring the lost. Live on mission for Jesus. Never stop experiencing his mercy. Father, we love you. God, you're so good. Thank you for how you love us. Thank you for your grace that you pour out abundantly upon us. Thank you for your mercy. That your mercies are new every day.